Hey everyone, I'm Andy Petronic, and this is the Whole Life Challenge Podcast. It's the place we connect with extraordinary people, ones who think differently, who have risen to the top of their field, who have vast knowledge, experience, and insights to share, as well as incredible stories to tell. They are also the ones who have figured out a way to take their life's experience and turn it into something that truly makes a difference in the world for others. These are their stories. Hey there, it's Andy Petronic, and this is episode number 129 of the Andy Petronic Podcast. I'm still getting used to saying that because I've been saying the whole life podcast now for, well, let's see, almost two years. So it still doesn't feel natural saying the Andy Petronic Podcast, but that is kind of the, not kind of, that's the thing I've been dealing with uh, predominantly over the past two months is changing the name of the podcast, building an andypatronic.com website, and uh, uh, creating a monthly newsletter that's Andy, the, it's called Stepping Up, and it is, it comes out on the first of every month. If you, if you go to my website and you want to subscribe to it, uh, you do it on the homepage, but quickly what it's about is uh, all my learnings. I'm, I'm just, I am around so much learning in my life. So many people that are experts and so many things that I'm learning from and and I'm experimenting with. It's something that I've been doing naturally by myself for 25 years. And I I just was like, God, I need an outlet for this. I want to share this with other people. And I don't want to just write a blog post about it. I, I really like the format for me of a newsletter. So I decided to start this thing and, uh, it comes out once a month. So it's not going to inundate your inbox. Um, it will, um, past issues. I'm, I'm going to put up on medium for now. So they are, they will be available, but if you want the current month, you'll have to subscribe. And, uh, again, you can do that at Andy, Andy Petronic.com. I've got some really cool stuff in there this month that I'm pretty excited about. So if you do subscribe, based on listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm going to send out a, in case you missed it, um, copy of the March newsletter, probably in the middle of next week. So uh, you'll, you'll get a copy if you do subscribe now. Let's see, before I get on to anything else, I want to let you know that we do have a sponsor. The Whole Life Challenge has a sponsor, and therefore this podcast that is basically an extension of the whole life challenge is has got a sponsor and it's called the good kitchen you've heard me talk about it before uh look meals are such an important part of our daily routine and the last thing i want to do is have to think about where my lunches are coming from so what do i do i get my meals delivered from the good kitchen now you might say well that's because you're, they're a sponsor of the whole life challenge. Well, that's how I got introduced to the good kitchen, but I've been purchasing prepared meals for my lunches for years. And it's the greatest thing. There's no more decision-making. Yeah. There's sometimes I need to go out with people and, and have more of a social experience around lunch. And, uh, 
then I have meals that sit in my fridge on the weekends and I usually have them on the weekends or I have them for breakfast or for dinner. I believe me, I find a way to eat them. Um, but knowing that your meals are high quality organic, they're from sustainable sources like the good kitchen provides. You can select the type of foods you want. So if you're a vegetarian or a, I don't know if they do vegan, I'm guessing they probably do. Um, ketogenic or paleo or, you know, whatever diet program you're following, they can accommodate. The meals get delivered to you via FedEx to your front doorstep and they're delicious. In fact, I had a vegetarian dish yesterday that I, I don't normally eat vegetarian meals and I loved it. It was fantastic. So look, you got nothing to lose. Try them out. The, um, Link to get 15% off your first order is thegoodkitchen.com forward slash WLC. And uh, there you go. So I uh, got that over with. What else can I tell you about? Fan of the week? You know, I'm doing something really exciting tonight, actually. I'm going to get to meet one of the big podcast fans who's actually written a few um, reviews of the podcast. And, uh, it was, it's a, it's a convoluted story. I, I, I was, I sent an email out to my fraternity brothers from college and said, Hey guys, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and, uh, leaving review. And he sent that out to his, his, uh, he's got a sales team and said, Hey guys, check this podcast out. And if you like it, please write a review. And there are a bunch of members. And he said, by the way, the one who writes the most reviews uh, will get a dinner with me. You know, I'm going to come out and see you. And he's, he lives in New York. And uh, so that's happening tonight. And I'm going out to Malibu to meet them for dinner. And uh, that's really exciting for me. I don't really get a chance to meet many of the people that are rabid listeners because they're all over the place. So uh, thank you, um, Thank you for, for writing your stuff and, and as reviews in the podcast. It really, really tremendously help it's, helps get the podcast noticed in the world, which allows me to get in front of more important people, to, to make it more compelling, and to get more people to listen. Um, so um, if you want to be re- if you want your review to be read, you got to go to iTunes to leave a review. And the easiest way to do that is to go to this link, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash W-L-C dash podcast. Hey, I need to change that. Maybe bit.ly uh, forward slash Andy Petronic podcast or AP podcast. I haven't done that yet. So use the old one, W-L-C dash podcast. It will never change that bit.ly won't allow you to change historical podcasts um, for good reason. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, you got to navigate your way to the part of the site that allows you to post a comment. Please write something other than just leaving a five-star review, unless that's all you have time for. And, um, the fan of the week this week is runner Beth and she leaves a five-star review. It says approachable and informative. This podcast is chock full of useful information from experts in all fields related to health and well-being, from nutrition to exercise to mindfulness. Andy doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, thank you. That's true. 
it's a strength and a weakness, and is able to moderate the interviews in a way that makes the information not only useful, but not intimidating to the average person. Add this to your must-listen list. Thank you, Runner Beth. And as an acknowledgement and you know, small token of my thanks, if you hear your name as a um, fan of the week, get read. Just send me an email, um, podcast at wholelifechallenge.com, and I will see to it that you get a t-shirt. And um, I don't have new t-shirts yet for the podcast, but I will get right on that. And um, I need to figure out what a good design for those would be. I don't think I want my picture on them. So I got to figure something out, but, uh, we'll do that. And, um, um, yes, thank you today. Uh, I've got the founder of a, of, of a company called realign therapy. She's a posture and alignment specialist. Her name is Marianne Berry. And you may recognize her name as one of the writers for the whole life challenge blog. She has been writing for us for a couple of years now and has quite a following. She also is a super expert in postural posture and alignment. She, she got that way because she solved her own, she got out of her own pain. She was in a wheelchair at one point, excruciating hip pain and seeking while seeking therapy for that and seeking um, you know, her way out, she stumbled into the Agoscu method. She became an Agoscu practitioner, but also realized that she had to take responsibility for her own recovery and well-being. So she did. And now she teaches it to other people. And in the podcast, we talk about her method. We talk about the importance of slowing down and listening to your body, but also of taking responsibility for your own healing. There's nobody that actually can do it for you, um, which I believe thoroughly. She also teaches me four incredibly valuable movements that pre- are pretty universal in terms of, of movements or exercises you can do at your desk and will be beneficial for everyone's posture. So um, she talks me through them. She also created four videos that I'm going to post up in the show notes that will allow you to actually get some instruction on them for free. So um, thank you, Marianne. Really appreciate that. Um, And uh, yeah. And then we talk about her routine and how she manages it all in her life, which I think is really helpful to hear how other people do their life um, just to give you ideas. So remember there's a full set of show notes uh, at the, at, wholelifechallenge.com forward slash podcast. Every one of my podcasts has a full set of show notes and links and stuff that's um, information that is useful from the podcast, as well as um, the way to connect to the guest and the way to connect to me and et cetera, et cetera. So I've been talking enough. Let's get on with it. Um, Get ready for the one, the only Marianne Berry. All right, so Marianne Barry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, so it's funny. I, I never, I don't really have a script. Like I was just telling you. Yeah. And I, I was like suddenly like, well, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me too. Uh, like deer in the headlights. Oh God, here we go. We're on. Yep. Um, well, you know, I think probably the best place to start is why we got 
introduce. Yeah. And what and what you do for the whole life challenge and how that whole thing got its start. Exactly. Because you're a writer and mm-hmm. a and a and a content provider mm-hmm. for the whole life challenge blog. Yep. And uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that got started? Well, I found out about the whole life challenge. I think I had heard of it already, but one of the people who works for you, Becca, it, she. I, I used to work with her writing for a, a different venue, mm-hmm. and she uh, reached out to me and asked if I would be open to contributing for Whole Life Challenge, and um, I said yes, and so I started writing and contributing, and I saw that there why, was... Why? Because... Like, what do you have to say? Gotcha. <laughs> okay, now I see where this is going. <laughs> like, why so would great. we want you to write for the whole life challenge? You're not just some, yeah. you know, Mary Jane. You know? Yeah. Well, not wait. Not that there are any. Not anything that there's wrong any with comparison with that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I have um, a pretty big passion for the work that I do. And when I first started writing, actually, uh, about three years ago, I found that it was a really good. Um, channel for me to get the word out about what I do, which is I help people eliminate chronic pain and heal right. from injuries. And um, it's just, it's something that I'm just really passionate about. And I've always found that in one-on-one conversations, especially with people in my life that I get, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm starting to cry already. This isn't supposed to happen. It happens quite a lot in this podcast, <laughs> but it usually doesn't happen this soon. <laughs> I think we're, th- we're three minutes in. Wow. <laughs> So, it's a record. It's a record. Great. <laughs> so with people in my life, I've always found that I get either very positional about what I'm trying to have them see or do or get. So I kind of back off. I end up not really talking to them about it. Yeah. Or I just give up and I think, oh, this person isn't going to end up doing anything about their broken knee or whatever. So I just kind of stop talking to them about it. Hmm. So when I started writing and creating videos, I I was like, wow, this is great because I can say what I want to say and then come back to it and edit it however many times I want to so that it actually comes out the way I want it to sound Mm. and then publish it. And then the great thing is that I I don't have to force my friends and family to listen to me anymore. In fact, I don't even care because now I have people coming to me. I mean, I do care, but like now I have people really coming to me that are really interested in what I do and what I have to say. So that was just a huge break through for me so we, we have a lot in common in that way because i'll tell you what <laughs> is it not just me <laughs> no oh my gosh i mean you yeah. just described my frustrations with my family and friends mm-hmm. like i went through years of painful rejection mm-hmm. of like i i like no, this is the way, and yeah. you got to li- like listen to me, or yeah. I'm over. I, I could never figure out where kind of my place was. Yep, and and how much they should actually pay attention to me, or shouldn't pay attention to me, or ignore me, and <laughs> like I had to go find and build a community of people that would listen to me in mm-hmm. order to like in order mm-hmm. to feel okay. Yep. Wow, that's I get cr- that completely. That's really yep. interesting. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. How did you get to be a healer? How how did you get into this? How did I get into this is when I was in my 20s, I was about 26 years old at the time, and I was out for a run one day, and I was really, all my life I've been super into being just really fit and playing sports, and in my 20s I got into lifting weights and surfing and running and just kind of everything, and I was a personal trainer, so being healthy and active was like my life. 
So I was out for a run one day and I had this pain in my left hip, like this weird pulling sensation. I never really felt anything like that before. And I did everything that I knew to do. I stretched it and I rested and I went to the doctor and I had the MRI and I went to the physical therapy and kind of did everything. So it got worse. And it progressively got worse. Uh And I was diagnosed with a labral tear in my hip with an impingement, uh, femoral acetabular impingement in my hip, which is a, if you haven't heard of it, it's just, it's a situation where the, the rim of the hip socket impinges upon the that leg bone the femur bone that goes up into the hip socket and it's just really painful not fun and for for me particularly it was especially bad i was actually in a wheelchair for a little while which is pretty unusual for that usually people are not in a wheelchair because of that but i was and i you know went through hip surgery and it was uh after that, that was I was it a replacement. It was, was it a, not a replacement. Okay. It was uh, arthroscopic surgery to mm-hmm. repair the cartilage and uh, to kind of shave down. I know this is getting kind of graphic, but shave down the bone that was coming in contact with bone. Yep. So to kind yep. of sh- shave that down, so that impingement was no longer there. Right. And even after I went through that surgery, I still had the same symptoms. It didn't. It didn't solve the problem. Wow. And so I started to really ask myself, well, what's really going on here? And I had been to this clinic, uh, this place called Agoscu. And have you heard of it before? Absolutely, you have? Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Because yeah. so, I used, did a bunch of work with Paul Check. Oh, okay. And he was right in Encinitas. Uh-huh. And um, I used to, this is back in 2001, I think, uh-huh. 2002. And I got, uh, I got my level one certification then a level two certification then i became a holistic lifestyle coach okay through paul check and yeah Agoski was kind of happening at the same time i okay. think i don't really remember i don't really know and but very similar stuff similar yeah and in san diego mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. and um but it but for some reason i went the check route i didn't go the Agoski route got it well that was what i got into was Agoski. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting for me, actually. I was quite arrogant uh, as a personal trainer and really thought I knew something about um, injury prevention and healing and, you know, uh, corrective exercise and stretching and like the whole nine yards was certified through NASM. I don't know if yep. so. Absolutely. Really um, well respected certifying um, company, you know place to be certified through and anyways so i ended up going to agoscu really uh reluctantly were you going there for your own rehab or were you going there more for my hip yeah so you're for your Mm -hmm, own rehab mm -hmm, yep not to learn as a trainer no this was like i'm i am broken and i cannot walk and this is a problem (laughs) after surgery (laughs) and i've got even after after surgery yeah Right. Yeah. And so I, uh, like I was saying, was really reluctant to go and thought, what could I possibly learn here that I don't already know or that I haven't already seen? How did you keep training clients while you, when you couldn't I walk? wasn't actually. You not, so you'd stopped working? You At would... that time, I wasn't full time as a personal trainer. Oh. I was actually going to school for, to become a, an EMT firefighter. Oh, wow. And uh, was working in real estate part time of all things. Okay. And I've always had hung on to fitness as a very part time thing. So I may have had one or two clients at the time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a full time thing. Right. At that time. So I did have to stop uh, school, firefighting school. Yep. Um, never ended up working as an EMT. It all, my, the hip problem all happened coincidentally at that time that I was in school mm-hmm. and ended up 
leaving the real estate job that I had at the time and was living at home with my parents and couldn't support myself, wasn't working, and was just a bad situation overall. (laughs) So it was really interesting because when my, they took my pictures at the Agoscu clinic and I looked at my pictures and was in shock at how just completely crooked my body was. And I was just like, whoa, how can I be this crooked? You know, I'm this fit you know, or at least I seem fit to myself person. And, well, and if you're you know, even in the category to go to EMT firefighting school, you're, you're, you're a stud or stud, studess. Stud, what do you say? How do you say that? Yeah. <laughs> Studly. <laughs> Studly. Yeah, the girl equivalent to stud. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe there is yeah. a one. I don't Wonder know. Woman, maybe? Yeah, exactly. There you go. I mean, you're pretty, you know, like It, t- it takes tough. something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it does. So I was in really good shape at the time. Right. So they showed me these exercises and I was blown away by what I saw, by what they, what they showed me there. It was like, I had never seen these exercises before mm-hmm. and they seemed way too simple too. Like I was just laying on the floor and I was like, how can this be doing anything? But I felt significantly better afterwards mm-hmm. and it, 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 you know, I didn't heal myself overnight doing it either. And I was very skeptical about the whole thing, but what made I, you do it? It was just- out of desperation. Huh. Yeah, I had done everything that I knew to do under the sun. And I had been to multiple doctors, too, at that right. point, And really, nothing had worked. So, And they were, I hate to say it, but pretty expensive. Yeah. So it really was like, okay, I'm spending this money now. I don't have this a money. A Goscue was pretty expensive. Yeah. Did that help yeah. you listen? Did that, would, that, would that make you take it more seriously or more? Not like- for me. Maybe I think for some people it, uh, it would. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was in such a desperate situation that I needed to get better yeah. that it, I was just open, kind of open to anything right. at that point. So, right. But ultimately what I ended up figuring out was that Agoscu didn't fix me per se or nobody at Agoscu had like the answer. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, look, here's your, your posture. You know, your, your body is off balance and this is why you're having pain. And for me, that was like the first realization that my hip pain wasn't a, like a hip problem. It was like, okay, my whole body is off balance here. It's not just my hip. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the exercises and starting to do the exercises every day and then following a progression with those exercises where I was changing them up every week or two weeks, I started to realize that I could get myself better and I didn't have to rely on anybody else. Hmm. And I could use other people for support. Like I could get a chiropractic adjustment. I could go for um, you know rolfing session. I could do these other things, but it really put the ball in my court and I healed myself. Wow. Yeah. How did you know what to... How, <clears throat> I just picture someone in that kind of situation that might be listening, mm-hmm. and I can imagine kind of the o- overwhelm of what that might be like. How do you trust yourself to make the right decision, you know, to go get Rolf or to go to a chiropractor? Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't know what, 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 whether they're going to hurt you worse make it better whether should you go back to another session was that good was it good or you like how do you know yeah and it's a it's a great question that i don't have a a good sound answer to that but ultimately i had to learn how to trust myself through all through some trial and error and what i discovered about myself was that i was so disconnected from my body Mm -hmm. even though i was an athlete which is so weird to say that Mm -hmm. But I was actually so disconnected from my body is that I I didn't know how to trust myself. Mm. And when people are in the situation you're in, like what you just described, where they're not quite sure what to do, the best advice that I 
like to give people is it's a process of learning how to listen to your body and what your body is telling you that it's something that we're not used to doing because we're so used to this quick fix right. sort of a thing. Or well, What does that even mean? Listen to your body and what your body's telling you. Like, like so yeah. I, have a, I have this hip pain. I think I told you about it like two months ago mm-hmm. when, I, when I tried your program. Yeah. That I've had for, uh, I don't know, five years or six years. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to my body. Yeah. It's telling me there's a hip pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not getting worse. Mm-hmm. It's never it's never gotten worse. It's never kept me from doing anything yeah. and yet it's still annoying. You know, but what is what would, yeah. what would I mean, I'm probably one of those people. I'm not really I don't even know what it means to listen to my body. Like yeah. w- would I stop all forms of exercise and just heal this if I was listening properly or like how do you know what that well, even means? Well, Andy, what do you think you should do? <laughs> Jesus. Do you think that's something that you should do? Oh, <laughs> well, it really does. And that's how how it is. It's like right, you got to kind of right. turn it back to yourself and say, well, I don't know. Should I? Right. You know, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, it's becoming, it's becoming yeah. your own expert. Right. Right. Versus someone has to come fix me and tell me what to do. Right. Because when I'm, a, when I'm my own expert, I can get consultation from the experts and I'm the expert if that makes any sense well it's taking ultimate responsibility for yourself yeah and um yeah it's funny because I I do know what you mean I'm not completely Mm -hmm. you know because I you know I have made adjustments to my training over the last five years I haven't I don't go as hard as I used to go and I am a lot more conscious of mobility Mm -hmm. like this morning uh, I've just recently gotten into the, the, the lifestyle practice this week in the whole life challenge is, mm-hmm. um, is a morning routine mm-hmm. is to establish a new morning thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've been reading kids books. So I read the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. I read a book called the, um, graveyard book. Hmm. And now I'm reading, um, the magician's nephew. It's one of the other chronicles of Narnia. Oh, cool. And, but so I'm sitting on the couch yeah, and I'm like, I'm sitting like this, I think, and I'm mm-hmm. noticing like, oh yeah, there's that pain in my hip, and I, you know, I'll just yep. adjust myself a little bit, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna get down on the floor, and so I got down on the floor, and I sat in a ninety ninety, and I'm like, okay, there it is, there's mm-hmm. the pain, and then I prop myself up against the couch, and I push myself into a more upright position where mm-hmm. I can feel it, but it was actually, oh, this is kind of relieving hmm. a little bit, yeah, or stretching or something, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit here. And I stayed there for like, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. It was a long oh, wow. time. Moving around, yeah. you know, while I did it. And then I switched and did the other side. Good. So, yep. like, I, I do listen. Yeah. I, I do know what you mean. Um, but I think yeah. in this world that we're in, you know, uh, becoming your own quarterback mm-hmm. is really, it's kind of the mother load. Because you do that also with your wellness, with a doctor. I mean, it's practice right. for doing it. With the doc, because doctors don't know. I mean, you know, they take their best guess, especially doctors mm-hmm. that are your physician that spend nine minutes with you at your annual physical mm-hmm. and then tell you, give you not that profound advice about what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I, I think. I think it's really, really, what you're saying is really, really important. It's a really important message for people in the world. Like, nobody yeah. knows better than you. Yep. Yep. The hard part is slowing down, right? 
right? I mean, you have to slow down and listen. Yeah, and sometimes we have to stop doing the things that we want to be doing in order to get ourselves better, and that's not always the funnest thing in the moment, but... Or that we think we can't. Yeah. You know, like, if you're in sales and you have to drive your car and your car is killing your back, you know, what do you... You have to buy a new car? You have to maybe... Yeah, you got to be resourceful. Right. I think the level of resourcefulness that's required for us in this day and age is something that we all have yet to really discover because our lives are so sedentary. Yep. You know, and... I mean, yeah, I would say to that person, yeah, get a new car. They might look at me like I'm crazy, but yeah, get a new car. No, right. (laughs) Right. And I have, I have actually said that to people before. (laughs) About a situation. Yeah. Wow. Where people are like, Marianne, I have this bucket seat. What do I do? I I look at them like, what are you crazy? You're still driving this car for 10 years. No, get a new car. (laughs) Right. Right. Or find a way to put a new seat in it. Yeah. You know, like figure out a figure out a creative solution figure out something yeah line it with cardboard or line it with uh plywood you know just Mm -hmm. that might be uncomfortable but but better than sitting there with sciatica going down your butt yeah like you know yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um and so okay so you went through agoski the the agoski yeah so yeah and you how long was that process? Yeah, I, I was going there uh, regularly for about six months. And then I kept, every time I went there, they would give me something called a menu. Mm-hmm. And I they would print it out for me and they would email it to me. And this is something that they tell everybody to do. And, and I tell my all my clients to do this now. I would print it out mm-hmm. and I would put it in a binder. So I have this binder now of like over 30 menus Mm-hmm. that I've gotten from all my different um, sessions with a therapist, Eddie Goskew. Mm-hmm. And this is now my my maintenance plan. So I go back, even today, it's been like 10 years since I've had some of these menus created for myself. But I go back and I, I do them. And it's so interesting to see how some, something that I did eight years ago or five years ago today can feel so different. And it's not necessarily that it's now easier or that I now have that conquered. It, it's just different. Mm-hmm. And, f- it, and it actually lets me tune into things that are going on with my body that I would not otherwise be aware of. And that lets me stay on top of things in a certain way. I don't know how else to, to explain it. Yeah. No, like what? Can you give an example? Yeah. So my uh, job is mostly desk oriented, you know, computer oriented. Mm-hmm. And there's things, you know, when I'm working at my computer or, or driving in my car that I feel in my body, like, for example, uh, this this tension that started to creep in right in my lower sacrum Mm -hmm. area. And I never used to have that before. Mm -hmm. And I think normally I would blame that on age, like, oh, I'm getting older. Stiffer, older. Yeah, I'm getting old, you know. But I'm clear that my hip flexor muscles have gone on vacation. Mm -hmm. They've checked out. Okay. And it and it happened. There was a trip that I took to the East Coast uh, around last September. I took a long flight, flight home, and I felt a little bit off. I didn't quite address it like I should have. Mm-hmm. And then I went on this, you know, week or two long span of just like throwing myself into my work. So yeah, I was just, yeah. you know, working like solid, like this completely sedentary at my computer and it Which got a little bit worse. Writing mostly? Writing, or? working with clients, reading books. Right, I mean, I'm an right. entrepreneur like you are. So every right. single thing that I do, I have to either learn how to do it or research to find someone to do it for me. So mm-hmm. 
it's just a sedentary job, yep. you know? Yep. And the, 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 the tension in that lower back sac- sacrum area started to kind of creep in and get a little bit worse and get a little, little bit worse. And I, I do my, my menu every day, but I know that that menu is going to keep me here. And if I want to get address, really address that thing, I have to up, up the ante a little bit and let me yep. know if you're following me. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. And, and I didn't up the ante. Okay. So now here I am. And that, that tension has kind of set in. Now it's like there all the time. Right. So, you know, and it's not something that I have to go get fixed. And I could probably go to, a, you know, get an adjustment or do something. But I do these exercises every day to, you know, work my hip flexors and to move my pelvis and to, to move my thoracic back because there's a direct connection there between my thoracic back caving forward into kyphosis Mm -hmm. as my hips decide to go on vacation, if that makes any sense. And, you know, so it's just, there's just an awareness there of what's happening with my body. And even as I feel those things kind of declining as much as it sucks, the good thing is that there's always something that I can do about it. Well, you know, what's interesting and I want to get, get more into this as we talk and maybe this is the time. Um, You wrote an article for the blog that I saw, you've written a lot of articles for the mm-hmm. blog, but that I saw was about get, you know getting looser hamstrings. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. I got tight hamstrings. I'm yeah, gonna check this out. You know, because I I don't look. Becca's Becca runs our blog and yep. is a purveyor of all things on the blog. I don't necessarily read everything on the blog. Mm-hmm. Um. But for some reason, this one stuck out. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm gonna do this, you know. And I watched, um, I saw the videos, and I saw, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm like, I finished. <laughs> and you know, like, you, I've been in the world of this world for a long time. Yeah. I, you would think that I would know better than to think this, but I thought there's something here for my hamstrings. This is yep. laying on my back in mm-hmm. a with my knees up on a chair, and mm-hmm. then there's it's twisting. Mm-hmm. How is that? How is that going to do anything for my hamstrings? And I know the answer, but I want you to talk about that because I think the normal person would look at that and they—they're thinking like I was, yeah. At least initially, yeah. She's going to show me some cool new innovative way Mm -hmm. to hit my hamstring, Mm -hmm. and you know, like, like one thing I like to do for my hamstrings, and you'll—I don't know (laughs) if—if I'll approve, you'll get a kick out of it. I, I like so my countertops, my my uh, my desk. I don't have a I don't have a moving standing desk. I just okay. have a countertop desk. Yep. And it's just about the right height uh-huh. for me to stand up and yeah. you know feel like oh this is really good. This feels really and I'll and I'll sit and I'll stand. What I'm doing right now, guys, is I'm standing up. My legs up on my desk and I'm at about a ninety degree angle of my my leg and my hip. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I just I'll hang out there for ten minutes. You know. Yep. Um, and I'll do both sides, and you know it's really good. I'll do it in the kid. My my wife comes down. She goes, "Get your leg off the counter." <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, so that was why my initial thought. And your stuff is so different. Yeah. Um, and like you said, when you first went to Agoscu, <laughs> you're like, "How could this do anything? This right. is too. This is a little this, too easy. Right? Or, too, yeah." too easy doesn't i don't feel anything mm-hmm. you know let what's what's laying on my back with my knees and you're gonna do like so can you talk about that like what is that why yeah yeah well it, it's the, really the difference between we the word posture is i almost hate 
saying that word because it's such a buzzword or everyone has some idea of what that really means. But what I mean when I say posture is the position of the body. And really specifically, we can boil it down to the, the position of the load joints so those two, sh- the two shoulders, the two hips, mm-hmm. the two knees, and the two ankles. And if you can take the perspective... When you say the pos- position relative to one another, to mm-hmm. each other? The so position like- in space. Okay. The position of those joints in space. Right. And relative to one another. Okay. And if, if we can take the, the viewpoint that ideally those joints should stack vertically mm-hmm. and align horizontally... And if those joints are in those correct positions, that the surrounding muscles are going to be in a certain length and tension. Mm -hmm. Now, if those joints are off balance or not in that vertical or horizontal alignment, then the surrounding muscles are also going to be off balance as well. Right. And the thing that I found to be so almost mind-blowing about, like you said, how do these exercises work, Mm -hmm. you know, is is they really are very effective at changing the position of those load joints. And so the exercises that you Mm -hmm. saw for hamstrings is a static extension position, actually where you're on your hands and knees, was the first exercise. Oh, yeah, right, with the the Uh belly hanging. Mm -hmm. The belly hanging, which is totally contrary to anything that we see, right? right? Everything is like sucking the belly. Right. So the belly is hanging. So, guys, you picture, picture like doing cat cow, and this is like doing extreme cow. Mm-hmm, for like two minutes. For two minutes. And, and just letting the out. stomach, An let the stomach cow. go. Extreme cow, <laughs> like sway back. Like letting yeah, exactly. your stomach just hang down there. Yep. What does that do? Well, if it, you know, if we look at how we're sitting right now, we're sitting with our, with our pelvis rolled back. We're like in cat. We're in cat, yep. right? And that's Cannon, cannonball. That, one of my one of my friends calls it cannonball. Cannonball, like, yeah. As if you just got hit in the Exa- stomach exactly. with a cannonball. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that that's how we're sitting, and that's why we all have tight hamstrings. Is because our pelvis has lost its ability to move over the femur, just like oh. like you did. Right. So those of you that are listening, imagine that that cannonball position where the pelvis is tucked under and the the back is round lower back is rounded the pelvis is kind of tucked hamstring short and the hamstring is short now picture right. moving the pelvis in the opposite direction so you can actually do it kind of right now if you're sitting and tilt the pelvis forward and what we're doing is we're changing the demand on the hamstring muscle yep. along along with several other muscles and that's what that first exercise that static extension position is reversing that flexion that we're all in when we're sitting with the pelvis and the spine and then the upper spinal floor twist. Now, when yeah. you do that, mm-hmm. um, even though, you, but you don't feel anything in your hamstrings. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So what, w- what's happening? Is it just, what's happening? Like, cause I could, I, well, yeah, what's, yeah. yeah so we, we have a misconception that we have to feel something in the part of the body that's being addressed. Okay. And it's a complete misconception. Okay. I might be standing and doing an exercise called standing arm circles, for example, where I'm standing up on, on both my feet and I have my arms out at the side and I'm circling my arms and the arches of my feet are working when I'm doing that. What? So it just kind of points to how... Wait, un- wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? Well, so if I'm standing like this, yeah. So I'm just standing up and I have my arms out at my sides and I'm doing arm circles. Yeah. My feet are gripping the floor. My toes are moving. But aren't they gripping the floor whether your arms are doing circles or not? Yeah. 
They should be. Well, so what does arm circles have to do with it? Well, if I position my feet so that they're straight, Mm -hmm. which most of us stand with our feet turned out, like duck-footed. So if I position my feet so that they're straight, and if I actually position my feet so that they're directly underneath my hips. Uh So most of us stand either wide stance like of the wide stance, stance. or some people <clears throat> even some of us even have a very narrow stance or they or people stand like this or like with their this. legs crossed yep yeah, or one leg or kind of shifted out leaning shifted out yeah yeah so that goes back to that eight load joint thing so if you think about the load joints and how uh, misloaded right. those joints are when we're standing in all of those different however positions mm-hmm. so if i actually position my ankles intentionally hip width so for a woman, that's going to be about five inches. It's not apart. very far apart. It's really not. Right. Yeah. It's, it's actually a fist and a half width between the ankle joints. And if I point my feet straight ahead, which is actually going to look pigeon-toed because we're so used to seeing our feet turned out. Huh. See, we right. think that this right. is straight. I have my feet turned out at about 15, 20 degrees. But the inside edges of your feet are, look straight. But, they're, but when, you're, when your feet are actually straight, the inside edges are slightly angled in yeah exactly right yeah so just by virtue of actually doing that foot changing the foot position now the demand on the muscles of my feet is different Hmm. so now the arches of my feet are working differently my toes are in a different position versus if i had my feet in their natural stance turned out maybe one foot a little in front of the other Mm -hmm. so just by putting those feet into that symmetrical now, is this something you would, you would feel or it's not even, you don't even well, necessarily even sense it? Well, to me, it's so automatic now that if right. I'm going to stand up and do back to the standing arm circles example, yep. I automatically point my feet straight ahead. Well, I mean, but I in your arches, them. are you feeling when you're doing I standing do. arm circles? You feel your arches. I, I actually do. Huh. Yeah. I Hold listen on. to my body, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, so now you got, got to straighten your feet. So Andy's doing very standing here. arm circles I got a very now. Small office. <laughs> All right, hang on. Well, so spread the, spread aligned? the heels a little bit. Jesus, I know. I thought they were straight. There we go. Am I straight? Well, I don't know. Are you? I, I can't tell. I can't. You I can't are. look down. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually, go like this. Not that this is going to impact the arches right. of the feet, but that's just how you do the exercise. Yeah, like palms this. down. Palms down. Okay. And circle forward. She had me do this very strange karate cha-cha <laughs> with my fingers. I'm not sure what you call What do you call this? We, it's called a golfer's grip. Really? But yeah, yeah that's, that's what that's nothing called. Nothing to do with golf. Nothing to do with golf. All right. And then pinch your shoulder blades together in the back and relax your stomach. And do uh, I feel my times. arches. I mean, I, but you'd have to have told me yeah. to like feel your, I don't feel I'm doing anything. Yep. You know, it's funny. I, I do feel a difference between my right and my left. I feel my right arch more collapsed than my left. My left feels much further from the floor. Mm. And my right feels like it's almost touching the floor. I don't know if that's true, but that's what it feels like. See, you're getting tuned in. I don't know what that means <laughs> or what to do about it. My, my shoulders are getting are starting to burn. <laughs> yeah. So now turn your palms up, and you're going to go backwards, up and back. What is this doing for me? So lift those, that arm up a little bit more. Jeez. Oh, well, this is externally rotating the shoulder, which is something that we're not used to doing in most right. of our day-to-day life. And there's a reaction that's happening 
where there's muscles that actually connect your shoulder to your pelvis. Okay. One big one is the lats, yep. for example. Yep. So right now we're actually, see these little kind of back and forth movements of the body? Yep. My and whole body's kind of swaying. Kinda, yeah, rotate. swaying back and forth a little bit. So if you can really let your stomach muscles just relax, we're actually kind of shaking the pelvis into a better alignment. Really? Yeah. So if I were to have palpated your pelvis before you started, I would have seen that one side was higher than the other, which I think is your right side that tends to sit a little higher than your left. Hmm. And you can go ahead and relax. Okay. So after doing that, your pelvis is going to be more level. Really? Your weight distribution is going to be more even from left to right. And your feet are going to be in a different position. Do you feel any different? No. I should have had you test your balance before you did that because that would oh. have helped you to feel it a little bit better. I was more going for what my arches felt like. Yeah. Well. That's interesting. So you mean the, the kind of the... Um, what do you call that? The kind of the... the um, the shaking uh -huh. of your body is—you're kind of letting it settle almost. Well, your you're taking the the compensation of your upper body that's mm -hmm. impacting the pelvis, kind of out of the picture. So, Norton, to say that another way, have you ever noticed that your shoulders round forward? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or have you ever noticed that one shoulder is higher than the other? Yes. My. It's very odd for me is that my right shoulder, and this is I see a lot in mm -hmm. people. Most people's right shoulder goes lower than the left shoulder. Mm. I don't know why. That is, but well, at You've least seen the it people more, that I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. But I'm, yes, totally. And I, don't, I have no idea why. Lifestyle. Maybe, I guess. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know what that, you know, there's obviously a result of that. There's exactly. a reason my right hip yeah. hurts and my left hip doesn't. Exactly. You know? Well, the hip talks to the shoulder and the shoulder talks to the hip. Right. So that they send signals to each other. Right. And if the shoulders are off balance, the hips are off balance. And vice versa. Right. Yeah, because it's all connected. Right. It's all, it's all a unit. So those standing arm circles, even though they were directly for the shoulders, they had a positive impact on the hips, which had a positive impact on the knees and the ankles. So, I mean, it's really interesting that you said that we, we all think that you have to feel what you're, what you're addressing. addressing yeah. in order to be doing it any good or something. Exactly. But that's not Which true. is definitely it's not, not the case. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and is that kind of the, is that some of the heart of the work that you do? I mean, is that a lot of the exercises? Because I've only done a very smidgen mm. of what you've, you know, like I've done one month of your program. What is the program yeah. called? The posture workout. The posture workout. Yeah. So I've done one month of the you posture workout. You did one workout. month. Yep. And I mean, it's great. It's very, uh, you know, for a person like me who's used to kind of high intensity workouts, it's yeah. not a workout. It's um. It was a it was a way for me to start my day, mm -hmm. and it felt really good. Yeah, but I didn't, you know, I didn't come to the program with anything, any, you know, yeah, with anything to thing, fix, really, right? Nothing to really fix. Yeah, right. So, um, uh, but I was curious because I wanted to um, really get a better grasp of what your method was. Yeah. Well, so there are over 500 exercises in the Agoscu protocol. Wow. And I am certified through Agoscu. I call, so we call ourselves posture alignment specialists. Okay. And most people haven't heard of, haven't heard of Agoscu or really haven't heard of posture alignment specialist because it's just not a very well-known thing in most communities. Yeah. But, um, so I practice the Agoscu method, but I'm, I call myself a posture alignment specialist and yeah, there's over 500 exercises to the the protocol and 
you, the, the traditionally, so the posture workout is like my creation of how to make it more um, accessible yep. for people. Yep. But traditionally, the way it's done is through a one-on-one assessment with photos right. and with gait, gait analysis and mm-hmm. some uh, functional tests and movement tests. And then from there, you get a menu like I was sharing about earlier. And Mm -hmm. a a menu is basically, it's a sequence of exercises that are designed to address the compensations that are happening throughout your body. And a menu can be anywhere from four exercises long to 13, 14 Hmm. exercise, even 25 exercise long menu. It really depends on how aggressive the person wants to be and, you know, how much time they can put in and kind of what they're dealing with, you know. Are there there elements that you know and you see in the world today that elements of a program that are beneficial for everyone like these are just everyone should do these because this is the world we live in and you may be the exception to the rule but Mm -hmm. chances are you're not and these are the ones you should do like elements of the of your program of your 500 yeah, protocol program, are there, there like are four things? There are certain five exercises things? that everyone should be doing. And I, I could actually say there's there's one called static back that you might be familiar with, where you lay down on the floor and you put your legs up over a chair. Yeah, oh, that was the one I was describing yep. that I thought yep. was the one for the hamstring. Yeah, so that's, that's the one static you, back is universal. I mean, everyone can get benefit from now, doing static okay, back. Okay, that's another one. Mm-hmm. What the heck does this do? Like, all I'm doing is laying <laughs> yeah. on my back. Laying on the floor. I mean, you lay on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And you put your knees up on a bench. On a or chair, a bench. Something that is mm-hmm. about, puts your shin parallel to the floor. Mm-hmm. Hips at 90 degrees. Hips at 90 degrees. Yep. And you just... You hang out. <laughs> but pal- palms up. Palms up. Right, so no texting. Right. That's huge. Right. No phone. No cell phone over your face. Yeah, it makes it boring. Like I'm exactly. like I want to read or to do fall something. Asleep. Right. Right. <laughs> so what is that doing? Well, first and foremost, it's balancing out the hips. Most of us have a, a rotation in our hips. So I don't know if you've ever noticed. Uh, if you stand up, uh-huh. you can try it with me right now. And you know, predominantly, most of us one foot. Is tends to be out in front of the other. So you may even want to kind of march in place a few times, okay, and then just stand still. So, so if you look down, you see how your, your left foot is out in front of your right foot just yep. a little bit. Yep. And we can see, if we look at your hips closely, that the, the left hip is actually closer to me. It's rotated. Oh, really? Yeah. So... When you're laying flat on the floor, you have that flat, plumb surface of the floor. So the whatever rotation we have going on in our hips is now Goes evening away. out against the floor. Right. So that right there is so huge. Gravity is kind gravity, of gravity, body thing. weight, the ninety degree angle of the hip. All those things matter. Right. So you know the spinal. You know those. <laughs> you've got a little stool I there. Got a great stool. I love this stool. <laughs> this is my lean. This is my lean to perch. I love it. Yeah, that's my. That's stool. awesome. Well, so then moving up, kind of up the body, we have those muscles, long muscles that run all along the sides of the spine, the spinous erectors, mm-hmm, uh-huh. spinal erectors. Those muscles are are evening out because when the when pe- you're laying when, on that when you're in laying that. in that ninety degree position, because when the pelvis is off balance, right. rotated or one side higher than the other, the muscles from the waist up are also going to be thrown off because of that as a okay. reaction to that. Okay. So those spinal erectors are, are active in that position and they're evening out in that position. So have you ever noticed that one side of your back works a little harder than the other? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so I kind of have a tendency of the left, the left side of my back tends to be tighter 
than the right side. I don't know what side. <laughs> you don't know I've which side. Really, I've really never really noticed. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that there's a difference, mm-hmm. but I couldn't tell you now, not having feeling it, which one side that is. So, yeah, most most people do have a side okay. that is working or that they can tell is working harder than the other. And so that just serves as kind of a reset for your completely your back, mm-hmm. your hips, your and it and takes your sh- and your shoulders. Yeah, your shoulders too because the position that our shoulders are in most of the time is is forward, internally rotated in front of our bodies. And so, by so opening your palms mm-hmm. and rotating your shoulders back and letting gravity just let them settle. That shoulder joint is settling back into the ah. floor. The scapula, those shoulder blade bones in the back are coming together, so they're retracting. Mm-hmm. Usually they're spread apart. Right. And then the muscles, the muscles of the neck get a chance to relax mm-hmm. because usually they're in so much tension because our heads are forward, right. so the head is back. Yeah, no, I know I have forward head posture. That's a big piece of my problem. Is it? Have, well, I'm kyphotic yep. and forward head. So yeah. these, those two things are like two peas in a pod. So static back is a really good way to get after that. Hmm. And it just it just happens slowly, mm-hmm. right? It, it just, creeps up I mean, on, like yep. two minutes a day holding yep. in that position seems like, what could this ever do? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, am yeah. I crazy to say that? I mean, it, two minutes a day, I'm going to go right back to forward head. With, right? Yeah, you well, so the truth is you would. And the, the truth is to really make headway, like really, it does mm-hmm. take more than okay. just doing that. For some for someone to do static back every day for I'll say five minutes, not two. I'll okay. say five. Okay. That you're gonna get relief. If you're dealing with tension in your back or you know, neck pain, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, right. You do that static back every day, it's gonna be the best five minutes of your day, I guarantee. <laughs> Now, it's not comprehensive in the sense that not only do we need to release muscles, we also need to strengthen muscles. Right. So there's definitely a lot more to it. But I think the person that does static back every day is going to be a whole lot better than the, than the person that doesn't. Could you do... Now, here, this is me being efficient. Could <laughs> yeah. you do your meditation? Absolutely. So it, you could meditate or breathe? Do like mm-hmm. Patrick... I just had Patrick McEwen on the podcast. He wrote a book called The Oxygen Advantage. Mm. And I love his breathing stuff. You can do a breathing exercise while you're while you're down there. That's Absolutely, a, that's a cool way to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to sit down? Yeah, let's sit okay. back down. Cool. Um, okay, so that's one. Yeah, that that's everybody one should be doing. That everyone should be doing. Okay, what else should people be doing? Well, the and will you give me like um, do you have videos of these things? Could you, I do. you could share on the podcast? For just, yeah. For the this episode. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Then I can put them right in the show. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, so standing arm circles and standing elbow curls are two pretty fundamental. Doing? Yeah, the arm circles the, that you were just what doing. What were the curls? What are the- and the elbow curls, do you want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so do this time, yeah, go ahead and stand up. Right. So this time I'm going to have you do an assessment first so that you can really feel the changes. And if you're listening in, you can, you can try this. So close your eyes and notice if you have more weight on the right foot or the left foot. So what are you feeling here? I feel a little bit more on my left. A little more on the left. Okay. And do you have more weight on the balls of the feet or the heels of the feet? Maybe slightly more on the balls of my feet. Okay. And do you have more weight on the insides or the outsides of the feet? God, this is very specific. I know. This is very specific. Um, I, I can't tell. I don't know. So nothing there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So now just make a mental snapshot of what you're feeling right now. Okay. Okay. And now we're going to go through elbow curls. So take your fingers and put them back into that funny golfer's grip. Okay. So curl the knuckle, curl at the second knuckle to press the fingers into the pads of the palms to stick the thumbs out. Okay. And you're going to bring both knuckles up to the temple behind your eyeballs. And you're going to bring your elbows to touch in front of your face. See, we want to scoot back a little bit. That microphone is in the way there. So you're going to bring the elbows to touch. And try not to move the head back. It's impossible. And then bring the, <laughs> the elbows back. How do you do that? So keep the head right there. Don't let the head move back. <laughs> so don't for you don't have to force it. It's very hard. It what is, if you can't get your elbows to touch? Then do what you can. Find the range of motion that you have. And it'll get better as we go through the 25. 25? Yes. And you're going to want to relax your stomach. Oh, yeah, and straighten those feet. So let's go ahead and spread those heels. See, I'll bet you didn't think you were going to be doing all these exercises. I did not. No, I did not. I've never done anything like this in a podcast before. Never. No. We need to be in the gym. We should just go out, go up into the gym. We might as well just go to the gym. So you're sticking your thumbs straight down towards the floor, and I'm saying this for anyone who's listening. I feel my wrists bend, my arms bending at my wrists. Should I try to keep try to keep that straight? straight? And you'll have a little less range of motion when you do that, and that's okay. The purpose of this golfer grip here is to immobilize the wrist, so we can promote full range of motion here at the shoulder so we're getting full protraction and then full retraction as you move those elbows together and apart see how much better that got mm -hmm. i do and then keeping the the stomach relaxed is huge and you're going to want to breathe with each rep inhale and exhale how many are we on here i think i've done like 15 okay it's not easy yeah they're tough and try to keep the thumbs away from the cheeks. You're doing great. I feel like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> or like I'm trying to fly or something. <laughs> My sound guy is going to be like, Andy, get closer <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> Sorry, Machete. <laughs> okay, that's 25. Okay, good. Relax your arms. Jeez. <sighs> And now check back in with the weight distribution in your okay. feet. And you can close your eyes if it helps. And just right off the bat, what are you noticing here? Is that any different than it was before? I feel more weight in the balls of my feet. Um, but I feel more connected to the ground. Yeah. I feel more like my feet have just flattened out. Mm. Not flattened like there's no mm -hmm. arch, but just like spread. Mm -hmm. Like... Almost like a suction cup, like has gone, just gone, you know, mm. down into the floor. That's a good description, yeah. Um, huh. More grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I feel. Okay, cool. So. Uh, that it? That's the elbow curls. It's a funny name. I know. I know you think bicep curls yeah, when, right. you, when you right. hear elbow curls. Now, what is that? What is that? What did that do? Well, it moved the shoulder through 
protraction and retraction. Okay. So when you have your hands on your on your computer, on your laptop, your shoulders are in are in protraction. Yeah. And then when you have your hands back behind you, your shoulders are in retraction. Right. And mostly our shoulders get stuck in protraction. Right. <laughs> and our shoulder blades well, actually we're on like yeah, because we're on laptops, day, right? we're on and phones. We're, we're on phones, laptops, mm-hmm. driving. Mm-hmm. Like everything pulls us forward. Yeah, exactly. And our shoulders ha- actually have a hinge function. Usually we think of the ball and socket function of the shoulder. We think of the shoulder being able to circumduct yep. and move in a full circle. But I think we tend to forget that the shoulder can also move like a hinge right. forward and back. Right. And we get so stuck in that forward position. And that's why we have so much kyphosis and forward head posture. Hmm. So those standing elbow curls are, are beautiful for addressing that upper back head position. And what do they do to the head position? How do they get the head? Well, to if you think about why the head is forward in the first place. It's stuck there. Is because it counterbalancing the kyphosis? Or? Yeah. Well, the kyphosis it wants to straighten out, but it can't when the shoulders are, are hinged forward like this. Right. So the elbow curls actually move the thoracic vertebra into more extension. Oh wow! Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we got. Um, so Man, we got static back, static back. We got arm, arm circles, circles which elbow, is same hand position, same hand position. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we got. And is, we got. Is the arm circles forward or backwards? It's both. It's forty forward, and then it's forty backwards. Okay. Yep. And then we got the and bicep got the curls, <laughs> elbow curls, bicep curls, the elbow curls, elbow curls. Why? Why yeah. hands like this and not like on the back of your head? Well. I would invite you to try it both ways, those that, that are listening, and just see what you see what you feel. Okay. And you're going to notice that when you have the, the big knuckle right at the temple behind the eyeball, that it's actually more demanding on the shoulder because there's less stability. If you have the hands behind your head, your your hands are stabilizing your shoulder, and it's a different movement. Right. Versus you're also bending at the wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So Good observation. You're bending at the wrist. So when you're right yeah, at the you're temple not. and that elbow, that wrist joint is locked out straight, there's something about that position that just almost traps the shoulder joint into having to move through its full range of motion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what's the fourth? So the fourth is, I'm making this up on the fly, by the way. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, because I'm thinking of the ones that require little to no equipment. Sure, right. And that are easy to, to explain really mm-hmm. quickly. And a fourth one is standing gluteal contractions it just came to me that sounds very strange yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just well like yeah. you're trying to standing pinch a gluteal loaf? contractions that, uh... well you <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> well you have to stand up first all right. all right so you stand and then you meticulously get your feet into that i like to get the feet first hip width so okay. it's a fist and a half width distance between the ankle joints. And then you're going to want to turn the toes inward until the, those inner edges of the feet are tapered inward. And it's going to feel funny. Yeah. Okay. And then as much as you might not feel comfortable doing this, try relaxing your stomach. So you can even put your hand on your belly and just let the stomach muscles relax. Okay. And then just relax the arms How do you tell the, the difference sides? between letting your stomach muscles relax and breathing? Like pushing, either pushing your stomach out or... Yeah, inhaling. 
Yeah, so um, how do you understand the difference? I don't have a good answer for that right off the bat, but I will say for most of us, it's going to be very difficult to get the stomach to relax. Right. So initially, if you can put your hand on your stomach, and the best way to describe it is let the stomach go. And then whatever happens, that's what happens, and just kind of let it be like that. And it might not be relaxed fully the first time, and that's okay. Okay. And then as you go through the exercise, you can just drop your arms at your sides. Make sure you're breathing and not holding your breath, and that's going to actually help to promote the keeping the stomach relaxed. Okay. Okay. Did that answer your question? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it does. I mean, it it, it addresses the fact that it's not easy. Uh, Yeah. Like, and it's weird because you, if you let your stomach relax, well, you're, we're just not used to doing that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And I find myself even as a, a specialist in this stuff, and I half the time my stomach is not relaxed when right. I'm doing the exercises. So, right. And it's because we sit, and when we're sitting, the abdominals are in that shortened position, and yep. we don't breathe right. So it's just kind of that whole thing. So if you let the stomach relax, and then squeeze and release the glutes. No. Okay. Squeezing the glutes is that the same as squeezing the pelvic floor? No. No. So it's I, not I was a doing kegel. the pelvic floor. <laughs> no, not the pelvic floor. The glutes. Oh. Okay. So just squeeze the butt. Oh. And relax. It, it wants to pull my toes apart. Okay, that's a good thing to notice. Is that so? It be don't let that? it pull the toes apart. No, it's not. But, but I can feel it want to rotate my legs. Yep. Yep. Like I can yeah. feel. I can feel you can when feel I turn the, them the on. You feel the femurs it. wanting to externally rotate. Yes. Yep. And that's good. So keep the stomach relaxed. You'll notice as you do these that your stomach is going to want to tight tighten and your pelvis is going to kind of want to tuck under. Yes. So you want to try to not let that happen. You're asking for a lot. Of I things. know. <laughs> <laughs> How many of these am I doing? Well, three sets of 20. Jeez Louise. I know. That's a lot. Yeah. So squeeze and release. Make sure you're still breathing. And do you notice that one side feels a little different than the other? I do. Okay, what do you notice? I notice my right side feels strong, like it's leading. Uh-huh. Almost. Like it's, yep. it's almost going first. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing because I, I used to have that exact thing. Huh. So your goal is to try to get it to be more even towards okay. the end of the three sets of 20. How, should I be holding it for any for duration? a count of one? Okay. So try to try to squeeze for a count of one, hold for a count of one, and release for a count of one. Okay. Squeeze, hold, release. It's hard to know that whether or not my hips are staying neutral or, or you know not moving. You can put your hands on your hips, and you can feel for it. Oh yeah, that helps. Yeah, and boy, it's, I really feel my kneecaps pulling to the sides. What about your quads? Do you feel your quads wanting to uh-uh. kick in here? Okay. No. Uh, some people will they feel that. I don't think I do. And you want to try to isolate the glutes as much as possible. Yeah, they're they're doing pretty good. Okay, good. I think I've done twenty. Okay. They're tired. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. The standing I and. I like the standing gluteal contractions because, first of all, it's something that we all need because when we sit, the glute muscles don't get very much stimulation. They get elongated, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they shut off. Yeah. 
pretty much. They go to sleep. So you could you could actually do this at your desk. Um, you could stand up mm-hmm. and do twenty standing gluteal glute, contractions. Gluteal contractions, <laughs> and uh, sit back down, and you'd be better off than if you didn't. Exactly. I actually do these standing in line at the grocery store. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I used to do? It's funny. I invented, um, I used to get really bad lower back pain when I would go to places like Magic Mountain where I'm standing all day, standing in line very often. Like hiking, not so much. Walking, not so much. But if I'm standing Mm -hmm. and I, I just, and it was back in the time when I was learning a lot of the things with Paul Check and a lot of the hip stuff. Mm. And I was learning how to do pelvic rocking and pelvic tilts. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would just start pelvic tilting in line. I mean, I'd look like a complete. God knows what I look like. But I would just start pelvic rocking. Yep. And, oh, my God. It's, it was like a miracle. Because yeah. my lower back would would would, um, would loosen up. And yeah. I would be stretching the lower back muscles. And, yeah. yeah, it was really good. But, yeah, no, I get that. That's cool. Cool. I like that. Okay, those are, those are great. So we'll get those cool. videos from you and put yeah. them in the show notes. Yeah. But your exercises are all of that style, kind of. Mm-hmm. They're they're gentle-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Those are actually I felt, except for the um, the first one that w- that I didn't do here, laying on yeah. the laying on the back. Yep. One, I felt those a little bit more than some of the ones I did in your program the one month because your really? one month yeah. the one month program you just pick a smattering of. Just kind of like you did here on the fly. You picked a smattering of... Well, the, but you have an intention with those, your program. Those exercises, I did put thought into it and yeah. cre- oh, created them of in a certain way. Yeah. 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 But they are very gentle. But they, you do that with each each mm-hmm, month that you mm-hmm. people yep. participate in your program. And some months are surprisingly harder than others, and it's mm. it's really different right. For, right? from one person to the next, too. What yeah. kind of results do people see when they do this, and how long does it take them to get results? So the results vary. Some people fix uh, back pain. Uh, one woman had a lot of success with addressing knee pain, even after having a hip replacement and a knee replacement. Hmm. And that's not typical. I wouldn't say most people would get those results, but she was just so diligent mm-hmm. with the exercises and really good about doing that stuff on her own. Um, people have addressed sh- shoulder pain, neck pain, a lot of different things. And as far as how long it takes, it really depends on the person. There's not like a you know boilerplate expectation, if that makes any sense. And how does someone know that your program or this method is the right hmm. one to try. Like how, like um, I, I'll give you an example. My wife, um, she was a competitive gymnast level. Mm. God knows what high level. Um, this was, you know, she's old like me. Sorry, honey. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Um, so, cause back in the eighties when it was no pain, no gain, I mean, she mm. would talk about how she would rip and have blood going down her hands yeah. and the coach would be like, get back up on the bars. Oh wow. You know, like this was not, kind of take care of yourself and yeah. you know um huh. she today has all kinds of stuff she has back pain she has shoulder pain she has hmm. so how does someone is it just like okay well this is the next thing i'm going to try and i'm just going to try this i think how? it speaks to people i think people have a sense that their posture has something to do with their pain hmm. and they just know that this is something that they need to be doing right right yeah so there's hmm. no magic 
There's no magic. There's no like this doesn't address something specific. It's it, it could it could address kind of almost anything. Right. Like you you could have front yeah. pain, you could have back pain, you yep. could have arm, elbow, knee, shoulder. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Now, when you're working with a therapist one-on-one, it's a lot more clear that, okay, I have this problem here. This is what my posture looks like. These are the exercises that I'm doing specifically for my body and where my body is compensating. Right. And then I'm being kind of guided through this process. Now, with the posture workout, it's a group program. So you're coming into it without any real sense of that it's individualized for you or that it's going to really address your specific situation. Most of the people that have found the posture workout and that that are doing it either have some sense already that their posture needs work. They either just know that their posture is bad Mm -hmm. or they've been told from somebody, a physical therapist or a chiropractor, that their posture has something to do with their pain. Mm -hmm. So they've had that. They already have that background. Or a lot of people have found Petey Goscue's work or Pete's book and have found me through that. Okay. Um, and then I have had some other people that have no background of it whatsoever, and they're just like, "Hey, I'm going to give this thing a try." That's you know. Cool. Right. So. And do people normally try it for a month and see what happens? Do they normally, or just it's, there's no such thing as normal? <laughs> there, there is no such thing as normal. There is a trial. There's a seven day trial where people okay. can try it for seven days for a for a one dollar. Okay. And a lot of people do that, and then people either stick with it or they don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. Now, how do you incorporate this into your life? Like changing gears just a little bit instead mm. of talking about your method and mm-hmm. the, the therapy. What What's your life like now? Now that you're, is your hip completely healed? It is. Yeah. Uh, so no more pain. Yeah. No more pain. You're fully functional. Yep. Are you back to doing kind of more hardcore stuff that yeah, you used to do? I am. Yeah, I am. And I, and I actually, it's funny because I don't do a whole lot of hardcore stuff just because I, I don't really want to. But mm-hmm. the things that I love the most are surfing. Um, I live by the beach and I, I love surfing in San Diego and I love lifting weights, working out, you mm-hmm. know, with my girlfriend, Trish running. Um, so those kind those kinds of things, I don't have any particular sports that I compete in or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So how do you incorporate your own, what does your day look like in order to in- incorporate both what you do, yeah. but maybe other things as well? Like what, yeah. what, what well, is it? So I wake up and I do my menu every okay. day and that's like the bread and butter of what I do. Okay. And then, you know, I... And that's 30 minutes, 20 for minutes? For me, it's usually 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and you go back to your book that you created for yourself? I and do. And you pick one of those every yep. day and just uh, a different and one I every stick, day? And I stick with the same one usually for two to three weeks, even sometimes even oh. a month or six weeks. Okay. And sometimes I'll create my own. Sometimes I'll create my own menu or I'll do a menu that I give to a client or so I change it up for myself a lot. Okay. Yeah. And that's, so that starts your day. I do that first thing every day. What time do you get up? It varies um, anywhere from 4.30 in the morning to 6.30 if I sleep in. (laughs) So you're not, you're not going, you're not dawn patrol surfing because you have to do your. I do my Agoscu first. Yeah. And then you do. And then go surfing right after that. Sometimes I do, but I tend to surf more in the afternoons. Okay. Because usually after I finish my, my Agoscu routine, sometimes I'll do a quick workout. I'll go out and I'll do a quick run or a quick little 30 minute weight training session or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm working. I'm right. hitting hitting the laptop. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, working and when, then when with do you clients. see clients online? Like, do you work one on one with people I do. online? Yep. About sixty five percent of my clients are online. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they set up a camera and they do kind of what we were doing, and you give them coaching, yep. and you're telling them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Is that hard to do? I, like, it's actually not. It's funny. I have a the just as good of a connection with people over Skype as I do in person. Do you have to get them yeah. to move the laptop to strange places so that sometimes, you can see if they're Yeah, sometimes you know, it's kind of awkward. The right. right. They're doing an exercise and I can see their left pinky finger. <laughs> And right, and I just right. I go with it. I'm like, you're doing good. You're doing <laughs> right. right. <laughs> or or I'll ask them to move their computer if, if they have to. You know, right, but right. You, it's a learning it's a learning experience sure. <laughs> for sure. That's really yeah. cool. That was not available back when I was doing personal training. You know, that was yeah. I was learning how to get my business to go online mm. without any. There was no video yeah. stuff. That wasn't a capability. But now I can see where that would be a really cool way to do it. Yeah, it really opens up a lot of doors. Um, I work with people in a lot of like isolated areas or, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, people on military bases or people in yeah. parts of the world that there's really nothing around them and, you know, it works. So, um, then do you work from like, so then you're, you're working from five thirty or six until noon? Like what's your schedule? Like? Yeah. Usually I'll actually work. Uh, I usually start work at about nine. Oh, so what happens yeah. from four thirty in <laughs> the morning good, until nine? That's a good question. <laughs> Because that's a lot of Pugoski. That method. is a lot of four thirty till nine. Let's see. So you could get through a yeah, lot of exercises. I eat. Bre- I eat breakfast. So I actually, I'm. I have like such a routine. It's like crazy. I eat breakfast. It takes me literally like forty five minutes to make coffee, eat breakfast, uh-huh. and then I do my Agoski what exercises. Do you have for What's your breakfast? I have. Oh wait, you do. Wait, you eat breakfast before Agoski? I do. Wait, you missed. You I know. That. I didn't say that. So at four thirty, if you wake up, you eat breakfast. First. I do. Okay. Yeah. What's the breakfast? What breakfast. do you do for breakfast? I have four ounces of sweet potato, half okay. a cup of egg whites, and one egg. Every day? Every day. unless Same thing. Unless I'm on a, a slightly lower caloric day. Okay. In which case, I have four ounces of lean turkey. Okay. Uh, half a banana and a tablespoon of peanut butter. Now, I will change it up sometimes, but for the most part, that's what I eat. Now, why that combination? I um, actually trained for a bikini show a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and my girlfriend Trish did all of my nutrition programming for me, and mm-hmm. I kept all of my uh, meal plans. Mm-hmm. And this particular meal plan has me at about uh, eighteen, about eighteen, nineteen hundred calories a day, and uh, on then there's a, a lower caloric day that's about sixteen hundred calories, uh, which for me works really well. Is it a paleo, keto, anything? No, it's not. It's just, you know, just plain, simple, like proteins, carbs, fats. It's all just really healthy stuff. Do you try to eat um, whole foods? Like what is your mandate with food and how Um, you eat? Yeah, I eat mostly whole foods, um, mostly clean. And Mm. then when I want to eat whatever I want, I do. Okay. Just kind of. You don't yeah. weigh and measure everything. Not if I'm going out to eat, or not if I'm just eating like a pint of ice cream or whatever. But you eat a pint of ice cream. I do. Wow. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. So good. I know. It is good. So we're in the whole life challenge, and last Dashel, my son, is ten. He's doing. Oh wow. It. He's doing it. So oh, that's last, awesome. Last night we're over at his grandmother's house and um, condo, and she mm-hmm. lives across the street from Whole Foods. And she's like, "So, would you guys like some ice cream for dessert?" She goes, "Whole Foods is across the street." I'm like. so of course i went and uh i actually was good um Uh i did eat ice cream what kind did uh, you have we well you know i'm not i'm a purist i love like old school there's a there's a brand from santa barbara called mcconnell's that we love it's like they they make it from grass-fed cows and oh wow you know it's like this just beautiful fantastic ice cream they'll and they'll have that 
whole so I usually eat some of the higher quality, mm-hmm. you know, super duper rich ice creams. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, well, what could, if I was if I want to stay at least a little, it's not really compliant at all because mm-hmm. it's got sugar. Mm-hmm. Def- they definitely have sugar. Um, but I bought one. I got one of the um, coconut. Uh, oh, ice okay. Creams. And um, yeah. I compared the ingredients and I yep. looked at the labels and I looked, you know, one of them, I, I actually showed my son. I'm like, okay, of these two labels, which would you have? And I said, don't read anything. Just look at the labels. Mm-hmm. And one had about twice as many ingredients in the, as the other. And it, you could tell they weren't like bananas and mm-hmm. like natural things. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, I'd have the other one. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things you want to notice about the food you eat. And... uh so yeah, so we we had ice cream. Why did I say? Oh, because you were we were talking about ice cream. Of ice cream, yes, yeah, yes, so yeah, good. but um, not every day. No, not every. Yeah, day. that would yeah. not be a good thing. Right. <laughs> okay, so you have breakfast first and mm-hmm. coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, then you do your agoski, and then I do my agoski. Okay. I usually do dishes. Okay. I know that's like the littlest thing, but it takes no, time. It takes time. Yep. Yeah. And then my girlfriend Trish is getting ready for work at the same time mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, up and about and getting ready, and I'll. A lot of times we'll help her kind of make her food for her day. We'll help her out to the car. And then usually I'll do a little workout, a little short little 30-minute workout. And then I'm ready to start work. Do you shower between work and your workout? No? No. You don't work out that hard? Mm-mm. Or, you know, or, yeah, or no. your sweat smells really good? It smells really good. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So yeah. then 9 o'clock, you, you're rolling into work. Mm-hmm. And you At work home. out of your house, right? Yeah. And it's not always exactly nine. Sometimes yeah, right, it's right. earlier. Sometimes so it's later. So why would you get up some days at four thirty? Well, that's when Trish gets up. So oh. she commutes to work. Oh, and she sometimes has to be there at eight. Okay. Um, and her commute is she work like out in the morning? thirty. She does not work out in the mornings. Oh no. She gets up, does her agoski, eats breakfast. She, she reverses her. She does her agoski first, and ah, then she eats breakfast. Interesting. interesting. So it's and really then, very personal. Uh, yeah. Like what feels what feels right. Yeah. There's no right way. Totally. Just because Marianne does it, she's the guru. <laughs> Just because she eats breakfast first doesn't mean doesn't that mean that that's should. how you have to do it. Gotcha. No, okay, no, cool. definitely not. You don't get better results if you eat first and then do. Mm, well, you might. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then, how does the rest of your day look? Like, how do you? Um... Well, it varies. So some days I have clients. Mondays and Wednesdays are the days that I have clients. Okay. And I'll either have my clients on Skype or they'll come to my house. And I'll usually have about two in the morning and then two in the afternoons. Um, usually I'm with someone for anywhere for an hour to two hours, okay. depending on if it's their first session or not. Yeah. And then on the other days, I'm doing admin work, writing, mm-hmm. uh, going to networking events. Writing you something know. for the Whole Life Challenge? Oftentimes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Cool. And then what do, you, what do you do in the evening? How do you make sure that you're ready to get up at 4.30 in the morning? Like, what's your sleep? And what's your evening routine like? My evening routine is I usually do an Agoscu exercise called the tower. And I don't do that Ooh, every night. I'll do it about exciting. two to three times a day. The it tower. takes an hour. What? And, yep. It's a, it's a slow, passive release for the psoas, for the hip flexor muscle. Wow. And for the whole body. It feels amazing. The tower. It's called the tower. I'm really intrigued yeah. by this thing called the tower. It's an hour, one yeah. exercise, one yeah. thing? Yeah, you're laying on the floor with, imagine you have one leg up on a chair, yeah. and then you have your other leg strapped into this wooden device. It's like a wooden thing about two and a half feet high off uh-huh. the ground with levels, and you have your foot is in it a like pedal. A, is it like a um, stall bars, like a gymnastic stall bars? I don't know what that is. 
Still, hold on, I'm gonna draw it for you. Okay. Stall bars are like wooden. It's like a wall, like rungs of a ladder. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. It's like that, and I think a stall bars is as much bigger than a tower. Okay, this is up against a wall. Like it would be actually anchored yep. to the wall. Okay, and then gymnasts use it to do all kinds of stuff, hang mm-hmm. from it, and do ab stuff from it, and do all kinds of stretching things from it. So the tower is about it's about this high. So it's about two and a half feet high. It's mm-hmm. about eight inches wide and maybe eight inches deep. So okay. it's like a little wooden kind of like box thingy. Okay. Yeah. And then, so your legs in there. Mm-hmm. And you're and laying your down. Up. With yep. your arms on the floor. It's kind of like that static back exercise that we talked about. Yep. But you have that one leg in that wooden thing with yep. the pedal. Yep. And you're there for about five minutes until the low back settles to the floor, hmm. which is when that psoas, the psoas muscle has released. Mm-hmm. And for me, that usually takes about five minutes per level. Some people, it's 10 minutes. Some people, it's three minutes. It really varies. And it, for me, it really feels great for my upper back, too, because I get a lot of tension in my upper back and shoulders throughout yep. the day when I'm working. And so I'll just go through the, the levels all the way down on one leg and switch. Oh, there, there other are multiple leg. levels. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so you work your way down. Yeah, exactly. And it takes yeah. like five minutes each level five, for your psoas yeah. to calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you multitask while you're doing this? I don't. Wow. Yeah. No TV. I don't. No sometimes, listening to podcasts. You could listen to this episode. Sometimes I will. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to listen to myself. Oh, come on. You I never. Listen. I have a thing. I never watch my own really? stuff. Really? No, I don't. I actually do. You do? You know, I didn't for a while. And then for some reason I did. And I'm like, I learned a lot. I mean, I um, learned a yeah. lot about how I was, how I perceived my perception of what I was doing when I was doing it was different than yeah. what I heard myself doing when I listened to what I was doing. So I, I actually adjusted some things in what I was doing and the way I was presenting and the way I was doing stuff. It was very helpful. I'm sure. It still is. Yeah. I, I do it now. It, yeah. In fact, my show notes, I, I've never talked about this before. Um, I actually do my show notes, but I do it by listening back to the hmm. show. And I take notes on kind of what yeah. we talked about and wow. stuff. So Wow. Yeah. Something so for something. me to take on. If you want. You <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Practice self self kindness. Yes. Self compassion and self kindness. Yes, definitely. I'm good enough. I'm strong enough, and goddamn people love me. <laughs> what is that from Stuart Smalley from the Saturday Night Live? I don't know. I haven't heard it he before. Doesn't say, he doesn't say goddamn. He says, um, "Dag on it." People like me, or people love me. It's a classic Saturday Night Live. I'm gonna skit. start saying that to myself. Dag on it, <laughs> people love me. <laughs> okay, so you do the tower or mm-hmm. something else, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you hit the and hay. And then usually, Trish isn't ready for bed when I'm ready for bed Which because is what time? she's working. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, well, usually I I want to go to bed at eight thirty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But I'm an early bird. Yeah. But usually we don't end up going to bed until about nine thirty, ten. And sometimes what, later. Do you need? Do you feel you're, you're rested better when you're eight hours, seven hours, oh, eight six hours. hours? Oh yeah, I'm an eight, eight, eight hours, eight plus, eight plus for sure. Do you yeah. track your sleep? Do you track any of these things? I don't. Do I'm track? not a tracker. No. Yeah. No, I don't. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So I just sleep however much I can when I can. Right. Yeah. Do you stop drinking caffeine at some point in the day because it affects your... So I have actually stopped drinking coffee. So that whole oh. morning ritual is now tea. 
wow. decaffeinated tea. Yeah, I stopped on, I think it was Monday of this oh, past just, week. This is yeah. recent. Yeah. Why? Stopped. What, what happened? I started looking at some areas of my life that didn't have integrity for me personally. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think coffee is bad in any way, shape, or form for people in general. But just for me personally, when I'm drinking coffee, and I've been drinking it every day of my life for most of my adult life, mm-hmm. there's always like this chronic headache that I have in later on in the day. And I know it's from caffeine. And I drink coffee anyways because I like that rush of energy that it gives me when I drink it. Mm-hmm. And I like like the process of it. And I like the smell of it. And yep, we have this yep, amazing yep. coffee shop right down the street. And man, I just battled with it for so long. And I even quit a couple of times for like two or three days or, you know, like a week. Um, but I really kind of got connected to the impact that it has for me to go through my life, kind of just going through life with this chronic headache Hmm. and almost this like layer between me and reality of like every single day I'm doing something to change my mental state, you know? So I got really interested in like, huh, what would life be like if that wasn't there as something to contend with? Mm -hmm. So that made it really easy for me to just say, okay, I'm not going to have any more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and what 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 kind of tea do you drink now? What's the now I drink herbal tea, and I have this uh, mint tea that I'm drinking, and then also this uh, re- rebos. I never know how to say that word. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a, they're both herbal, and okay. they're good. I like chamomile too. I want to pick some of that up from the store. It's such a shift from coffee <laughs> to wake up and drink chamomile. That is tea. a major shift. It is. Yeah, because wow. I've done. Um, I've had a similar experience, mm. but I've never gone herbal tea i've gone mm-hmm. i've gone black tea i've gone green tea because yep. uh, it's different i mean it mm-hmm. you know it's still caffeine mm-hmm. tea black tea definitely has got caffeine <laughs> yeah but it's not the same yeah it's different and i've done i've done that too in the past where i've gone to tea mm-hmm. but i've never it's been a long time since i've cut ca- caffeine out completely right so right. i wanted to make that shift and see how how it would go that's really cool that's yeah a re- it's a really cool experiment yeah yeah and I've so. been, fortunately, I've been fine. <laughs> so, I mean, thank goodness. And, well, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's a part of you that could have convinced yeah. yourself that you would not be fine, like when you were addicted. Exactly. When you're in, when you're in it. Yep. You're like, ah, this, this would not be fine to wake yeah, up exactly. without this coffee. I <laughs> yeah. love this coffee. I mean, I know how that feels. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I, I love my coffee. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're good for you for, yeah. for checking that out. Thanks. Um, so tell me, what do you read? I actually don't read that much. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Online, you read online. I you read you do a, some. I do read a, li- a little bit online. Okay. Yeah, but not much. Hmm. Yeah. What do you do for entertainment? And like, if you had to kind of have fun, what do you like to do? I like to go out to eat with my girlfriend Trish. Oh, cool. And we live in this little beach community called Encinitas. That has a lot of little restaurants and things where we can walk to. Have which you ever been to we Pipes? Really like. mm-hmm. I love that yeah. place. I yeah. Love, that's my favorite breakfast place. Yeah. There's burritos. There's breakfast burritos. God, that's not in Encinitas. That's in... It's in Salada. Cardiff. Cardiff. Which Cardiff, is right. which is part of Encinitas. It's oh, it is? It's a little town. It's just, yeah. just but south. Like south, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I love that place. Partly because yeah. I love the feel of the... It, the, the the ocean, the train tracks. Yeah, I know. It's, it's such a right neat there, community right there. Yeah, yeah it is cool. really cool. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not, I'm kind of a boring person. <laughs> yeah. You surf? I, you go I surfing? do, yeah. I do go you surfing. you walk right to the... Right I do, the, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. 
but we're moving unfortunately in a couple of months we have to say goodbye to our beach house and hopefully we'll find another beach location a little bit farther south so we can get closer to where trish works yeah 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 and uh that's the transition that's that's coming up yeah uh thank you so much yeah thank you um, you know like i love how open you are about your life and what you've gone through and um and i love your commitment and passion for what the way you help people in the world thank you so much you know it's um it's very it's just very refreshing Hmm. and um and very organic like it kind of having met you in person Mm because i've seen your personality on videos and whatnot your your personality comes out way more in person Hmm. and it's very just like over overwhelmingly like beautiful oh well, thank you. And so I really appreciate you actually coming all the way up here and yeah. to record the podcast in person and it's yeah. been great to hang out with you. Well, thank you, Andy. It's been great meeting you in person too. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I look forward to um, getting those four videos because yes. I'm sure people are going to be looking for those. Yeah. I'm going to be looking for I'm going to do those. I that. may have those cool. done those already for whole life challenge. So I may oh. be able to find those. You can grab them and stick them in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Episode. That'd be great. Yeah. Cool. Then okay. there's no, then there's no extra work. There you go. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, Andy. See ya. See ya. Oh, wait. Where do people find you? People find me on a couple of different ways. They can find me on Facebook, mm-hmm. Realign Therapy okay. at Facebook. Okay. They can uh, find my website, okay. realigntherapy.com. And if they want to check out the Posture Workout, which is the online program that we've been talking about, it's just thepostureworkout.com. And do you lurk in Facebook? Are do you I like, lurk well, in I mean, Facebook? Do, do you hang out there? Do you, if, if somebody email, uh, t- uh, messages, messages me. you there, will you? I will see it. You'll see it. Yeah. Okay, great. I will. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks again. Thanks. The Whole Life Podcast is produced by our podcast team, Winslow Jenkins, Becca Borowski, and Ernie Hurtado. You can find all of our episodes links, and complete show notes at wholelifechallenge.com forward slash podcast. The way that I've found is the best way to listen to podcasts is to subscribe so that episodes automatically get delivered right to your mobile device. You can do that in any podcast app on your phone. And hey, if you like the podcast, please do me a favor. Go to iTunes and give it a five-star rating and recommend it to your friends. I'm Andy Petronic, and thanks so much for listening. Thank you.